This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Culture Addicts, welcome back to the new TNN Podcast feed. My name is Johnny C, and as you can tell from the name on the marquee, this is Ringman, the show here on the new TNN feed where we talk about the wars of sports, entertainment, or professional wrestling to the uninitiated. Well, we are initiated listeners, members of the new TNN fan club. Hi, this is Bane. It's not an official Johnny C podcast without an appearance from Bane. But I'm going to go now. I'll see you another day. Sorry about that, guys. It just kind of popped into my head to do a Bane voice. So, what are we going to be talking about today on Ringman? Well, a little peek behind the curtain on the latest edition of the Multiverse of Fabulousness show over on the North-South Connection podcast network that I know you all listen to. Featuring myself and Keithy Langston, we briefly, and also very, very briefly, talked about the WCW invasion angle from 2001. I mean, briefly. Like, I'm not trying to point you over to that show to learn more about the invasion, okay? But, it did put the idea in my head to talk about what we're going to do today, which is the WCW edition of Monday Night Raw from July 2nd, 2001. Now, a couple of things here. Obviously, if you've encountered this show before, you know it's not a full WCW program. What it is, is a very special edition of Raw from Tacoma, Washington, in the Tacoma Dome, where the final segment of the evening was basically, dare I say, WCW Monday Nitro on Raw. And that's really what we're here to talk about, okay? The very last segment featured a WCW title match. It was the first, dare I say... This I kind of feel crazy saying this because it's, you know, pro wrestling. But it was the first official WCW match since WCW went out of its independent business in March of 2001. It was, I guess, a trial run. It was done to see what kind of ratings WCW could pull as a brand, how people would respond to it, uh, and things like that, okay? So that is the main focus of tonight's show. That being said, as I was scrubbing through this bad boy, it's it's a very fun episode of Raw to me. And so I'm going to I'm going to cover the whole show, but I'm going to tell you up front we're going to switch things up a little bit. When we get to the final segment, I will get into more detail. I, basically, I'll do what I usually do. We'll talk about the match itself, all the accoutrement, everything like that. But when it comes to the rest of the show, I'm just going to kind of recap it for you, you know? I'm not going to say I'm going to skip anything or go really fast, but I'm not going to be like, uh, Rikishi, Irish whip, Albert with a bicycle kick, Albert ducks down, goes to the outside and looks around for something to eat. He appears to be very hungry. No, it's just, you know, a summarization. Plus, most of this show is sketches. So, it is what it is. Um... 
So that's sort of going to be the look and feel of today's episode. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, the show starts with a recap of lots of different uh, WCW attacks and the WWF's response. A lot of them are going to be replays throughout the show, so we'll talk about them then. Just to set the scene, we're 20 days away from the Invasion pay-per-view. The Invasion pay-per-view was established in this opening video when Linda McMahon set in stone and set in motion the fact that they that she, as I guess... I don't know, the highest member of the board with voting power at the time. I don't fucking remember. Uh, she was going to give WCW a chance because now that they own it, it's a brand, and we need to take advantage of our portfolio. So it makes all sorts of sense from a business perspective. Plus, keep in mind that at this point in the story, Linda has a vengeance, uh, has a hatred for Vince McMahon because of his infidelities with Trish Stratus. So it makes sense that Linda would be spiteful towards him, I guess, if that's the direction you're going to take with the Linda McMahon quote-unquote character. But... It also makes sense that a company that owns assets would want to leverage those assets. And so, I'm willing to just go with it. We open up with a Vince McMahon promo. Uh, He compares, you know, he basically talks about how you can't compare WCW to the WWF. It's unfair. It's not apples to apples. Speaking of apples, that's like comparing Washington, D.C. to Washington State. You see, in Washington, D.C., all the decisions of the free world are made on a daily basis. And here in Washington State, well, you grow apples. So it's not exactly the same thing. He says that Booker T has no integrity. And suddenly, Kurt Angle comes out. And there's no You Suck chant. When does that start? But Kurt Angle agrees with Vince. He adds that Booker T lacks intelligence and intensity as well. And unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say this to you, Vince, but Booker T has recently made Stone Cold Steve Austin look like a bit of a jackass. And he's got footage to back up these statements. We see Booker putting Austin through the table during the main event of the King of the Ring. We see last week on Raw in the hallowed halls of Madison Square Garden where Booker T lured Stone Cold Steve Austin to WWF New York And then, when Austin was gone, attacked Vince McMahon with a vicious Harlem sidekick and a bicycle kick, dead center ring, in Madison Square Garden. Wow, that's blasphemy. And, on SmackDown last week, Booker T himself attacked Uncle Steve Austin with the 48.6 ounces, pounds of gold, the WCW Championship belt, and then ran away because the WWF locker room emptied and chased Booker T all the way to the backstage area where Shane McMahon was on a phone call and had a limo waiting to take Booker away. Great moment during this recap of the entire mid-card WWF roster chasing Booker T. Shane jumps in the limo. Booker jumps in the limo. One of the men leading the charge is Hardcore Holly. Hardcore Holly pulls a macho man, Randy Savage, and jumps on the back of the limo as it pull away, pulls away, like Savage did with the NWO with the lawn dart incident. But the icing on the cake, Hardcore Holly does all this while topless, wearing legitimate Daisy Duke denim shorts. Who wears short shorts? How do you like my short shorts now? Wow. But yeah, it's just, it's tremendous. The glass breaks, 
and disturbed plays through the arena. I'll make it the living inside you! And out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. He looks very angry. Kurt vows to protect both Vince and Stone Cold from Booker T in the future. And Austin's like, that's great, Kurt. But let me ask you a question. How are you going to protect us from Booker T when I got my foot up your ass? We're a team. Austin and McMahon are a team. We don't need you, and we don't want you. You're a jackass. And Vince McMahon thinks you're a jackass. Tell him, Vince. No, he doesn't. I'm a hero. Jackass. Hero. Jackass. Hero. Jackass. Hero. Jackass. Enough, says Vince. See, at this point in time, Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin also have their own storyline going. Austin, of course, is fucking in bed with Vince, mentally. Uh, And Vince is kind of starting to get a little tired of it. But Angle also wants to be Vince's right-hand man. So Vince says, instead of you guys yelling at each other like a bunch of children, why don't you just fight about it already? And you know what? Sure enough, they do. They square up and they put up their dukes. Like, you know, a fucking 1920s stockbroker taking on a kangaroo in a boxing ring. The Dukes are up and ready to go. They're squaring up. Angle breaks stride and hugs Vince McMahon. This infuriates Austin. So the two men get back into fighting position with Dukes raised. Austin lunges forward, but he moves to the side and hugs Vince McMahon. (laughs) They start to push each other. And here comes the money. Money talks. Here comes the money. And here comes, and how comes the kingfish of WCW, Shane McMahon himself? What are you guys doing out here? Are you two competing for hugs? Is this Raw or is this Sesame Street? That gets a big pop. I laughed as well. Well, I'll tell you what. If it is Sesame Street, then tonight's episode is brought to you by the letter I. I for invasion. Shane basically promotes uh, setting up the inaugural brawl which is the main event of WCW, WWF Invasion. He says, Vince, I don't have your power, your money, or your stroke. But tonight, I do have some power. I have the power to book the main event on your wrestling show. So history will be made tonight. He announces WCW champ Booker T will defend the title against, and I quote, Buff the Stuff Bagwell, which gets some booze. Remember, he tells Vince, Linda, or mom, and her attorneys are going to be watching tonight, so none of you better interfere, because mom said we get a fair shot. And thus, tonight, Raw becomes WCW. And it ends the opening promo. Now, yes, I promised I wouldn't go into great great detail, but I, that this promo is hilarious. I love the Austin Kurt uh, McMahon stuff, so indulge me. Backstage, the APA think there's a mole in the WWF because who's been letting the WCW guys into the arena? You know, who warned Shane to get in that limo? So they decide to go mole hunting as we head to a commercial. We're back and we're rolling with The Undertaker. Dead man walking. I said, rolling. And I'm just very happy to hear that rolling is intact. You know, this is one corner of the network I haven't tapped into a lot. And I'm loving it. And that's not a cheap shout-out to McDonald's. I just like that Roland's here. Um, You know, it is what it is. I'm not saying it's the best song, but it keeps the memories intact, you know. Uh, uh, WWF, because of their relationship with Limp Bizkit, is leaving the memories alone. Because I get to, you know, experience this as it was back in the day. 
Unfortunately, as the Undertaker emerges, Sarah is on the bike with him. Oh, boy. And the announcers tell us he's coming out to challenge Albert for the Intercontinental Championship. Is this Taker's only Intercontinental? No, it's not. Beware of Dog 2. Just popped into my head. And I'm sure there's been more. Damn it! There goes my there goes my shit. But will we see DDP in this encounter? Now, as happy as I was to report that Roland is still intact, I'm unhappy to report that as Albert comes out, yo, you're dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever wanted, but guess what, everybody? Uncle Crack is nowhere to be found. X Factor song has been manipulated to become some broke-ass techno sound and stuff. Yeah, man, X Factor's theme is gone. It's gone. Erased from existence, as Doc Brown might say. Now, I'll say this. This match was crazy because The Undertaker was moving around very quickly. And Albert gets Undertaker in a bear hug at one point, and it's fucking hilarious because Undertaker is, like, struggling to break free. And it's so un-Undertaker-like. He hits Albert with a choke slam. He's about to get him up for the last ride and win his first Intercontinental title. But Diamond Dallas Page emerges from the back because the WWE superstars are allowed to be here tonight. Hits the Taker with a chair and hits the Canyon Cutter. Bang! He goes to leave, ladies and gentlemen, up the aisle, and Sarah Taker runs up and pushes a diamond Dallas page and puts up her own dukes. DDP's like, what are you doing, monkey? Uh, Sarah throws some pure strikes, but misses. DDP faints like he's going to hit her, but thinks better of it and goes to leave. But Sarah Taker's brother-in-law is standing behind diamond Dallas page, and I'll say this. The crowd does go nuclear for Kane's arrival. He gets punched by Kane, that being DDP, and sells like he's one of the three stooges. Kane props up DDP against a security railing, and Sarah Taker purely strikes DDP in the dick with the foot of her boot. Ouch. Back inside the ring, Mark Taker is up. DDP gets tossed in, but Albert attacks the Brothers of Destruction. Not so much to save DDP, but because he's now coming to, and he's like, oh man, the Brothers of Destruction here, I better do something. DDP flees. Now, I'll say this, he did, he did get kicked in the dick by Sarah, but he kind of deserves that as a character. At least they didn't bury him full in this segment, as I'm sure they wanted to. The Callaway family celebrates, perhaps planning the impending uh, Independence Day celebrations, that Kane prays won't involve fireworks. Jim Ross wonders... If this entire match was a setup, well, King, or not King, well, ha- well Paul, because Paul Heyman and JR are on the call for this thing. Paul, bra- it looks like this reeks of a setup. Undertaker challenging for an Intercontinental Championship just to get Diamond Dallas Page out here. Way to bury the Intercontinental title, JR. They go to a commercial. We come back. Tori Wilson is here, basically in just a bikini. Because she has a little see-through slip covering her bottom. So I'm not saying that, that we should oogle and ogle her. But she's here for a job interview. And I don't know. I know times are changing. I'm glad that they are. I'm just not showing up for an interview in this. But you do you, I'll do me, and we all live in harmony. Icing on the cake. She's very cold. I can tell. So maybe wear a sweater or something. But the first person she meets is the Fink. 
and the Fink is in a tux, and he stands up, and he's like, Oh, Tori Wilson, my name is Howard Finkel, it's nice to meet you. Did you know I was the first employee ever hired by the World Wrestling Federation? Do you work for the WWF? Are you joining the WWF family? Tori's like, I'm trying to. Do you know where Vince is? Uh, Fink gives Tori directions, and we'll catch up with her a little bit later. Next in the arena, out comes Crash Holly, accompanied by Jacqueline, the baby with back. Crash's opponent tonight sounds like it's going to be Hardcore Holly, because Hardcore Holly's theme starts to play, but oh no! It's Molly Holly with her boyfriend Spike Dudley, and we've got an intergender matchup. Now look, actually, we talked about intergender wrestling quite a bit on the same episode of Multiverse of Fabulousness that I hyped earlier. Uh... We did talk about that much when we talked about the invasion. I'll say this. They've already done it many times, and I know that... I'm just thinking, if everybody involved wants to do it. Like, I don't want to live in a world where you sh- you're you're a WWF or WWE contractor, and you show up at the arena. Let's just use, um, gosh, Bianca Belair, okay? And you show up, and creative comes and says to you, Hey, Bianca, guess what? Uh, we got you in segment six tonight. Uh, you're going to be taking on Omos. And Bianca Belair isn't okay with that, or Omos isn't okay with that, then I don't think they should do it. But I think if they're going to have intergender matches, and all parties willingly agree, without the uh, uh, you know chance of like reprieval, you know, for not agreeing to do it, then I'm all for it. Like, eventually someone's going to punch Rhea Ripley. Okay? Because she's been protecting the Judgment Day by being like, you can't hit me, you can't hit me. It's a bad Rhea Ripley impression. And I think that Rhea Ripley, the actor, would want us to fucking pop when eventually someone, like, slams her or something. Because they've been building to it for a year. So I'm in favor of intergender matches if all parties agree without being coerced into it. That's where I stand on it. Uh, the match is not great. Molly hits a Rana in a victory roll, which is fu- which is fine. Uh, but Crash, you know, tosses her out. Or no, I'm sorry, Crash powers out of something. And Jackie pulls Molly Holly out of the ring. Crash goes to dive through the middle rope like he's Ray Fenix and hit a plancha. But he clotheslines himself like he's Enzo Amore. It's hilarious. The, we get big lulls from the crowd. Like they laugh at him and do the you fucked up chant. The match ends when Jackie turns on Crash Holly and Molly wins with the Molly go round. To put the uh, exclamation point on their severed union, Jackie then does a badass tornado DDT without any assistance from the ropes or turnbuckle onto Crash Holly. I was quite impressed. We head backstage uh, in the McMahon locker room. Vince and Angor are sitting on a couch. Deborah and Stone Cold are sitting on another couch. Vince is like, everyone, we've got to get along. Well, I'll tell you what, Vince, I'd get along a lot better if he left. No, you leave. You leave. Well, why do you want me to leave? Well, why not? Well, why? Why not? Why? Why not? Why? Why not? It's great. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, there's a knock on the door. Ooh, sound effects. It's Tori! Vince is excited. Everybody stands up to greet her. Kurt! Fucking hilarious. He shakes her hand and he's like, Hi, Tori. I'm Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. Uh... Yeah, Kurt, we met last Thursday at SmackDown. Kurt legitimately looks like, oh yeah, and he says, that's right, and sits right back down 
It's hilarious. Austin introduces himself. Nice to meet you. I'm the champ. Deborah introduces herself as well. Tori, still very cold. Get her a shirt or something. But she wants to talk about her potential contract with Vince McMahon. And Austin stands up again like, All right, that sounds great. Deborah, Kurt, uh, if you'd leave, we need to talk to her about her contract. Well, Steve, I, I appreciate that, but perhaps Tori and I should leave and, and talk about... Contracts are very private matters. Perhaps we should talk about it in private. Well, you don't need me? Well, Steve, it's it's not that I, it's not that I don't need you, but this is very private. Austin is like, okay, I understand. He hugs Vince again and sort of pats him like, I'll see you in a minute. Sort of like... I'll see you in a minute, but it's also kind of like a warning, like you better come back. <laughs> As Vince and Tori leave, Deborah's like, I thought Vince had changed. I thought he promised Linda he won't go and do stuff like that anymore. What are you talking about? He is a changed man. It's business he's going to talk about. How can he talk business in front of you know who? You know who I'm talking about. The guy over there with the gold medals around his neck. And the camera whip pans to Kurt, who's sitting there like, Hey, wait a minute, you're talking about me. It's not me. He's not uncomfortable with me. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Well, if he's not, then why did he leave? Kurt Angle then sort of nods his head like he left because of Deborah. And Austin looks over at Deborah, looks back at Kurt, and is like, Well, all right, I think you got a point there. <laughs> and everybody laughs. These guys fucking rule. Uh, we get a recap of the events from SmackDown where Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, a team I love, attacked the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys and then fled through the crowd. But, oh no, the APA, Hardcore Holly and his Daisy Dukes were waiting for him. They beat him down in the crowd, tossed them in the ring, and all of the WF midcard comes out, beats the shit out of them, gangland style, and puts them through a bunch of tables. Now we're back in Tacoma backstage. Christian! At last, oh wait, he's not on his own. Christian is admiring his reflection in the King of the Ring Cup, which was recently won by his brother Edge. Edge enters and says, oh, this is going to be, oh no, I'm sorry, Christian says to Edge, it's going to be great tonight. I'm going to win the light heavyweight championship, so so, so you will have a trophy, and I'll have a belt, and everything's going to be great. Now, I, I'm going to go change and get ready for my match. Edge is like, okay, Christian. I'm 2001 Edge. You go ahead and get ready for your match. Christian leaves. Edge admires his trophy, touching it as if he's experiencing orgasmic joy. Christian returns, grabs the cup, and says, Uh, uh, I'm gonna go get this polished too. And he flees with the King of the Ring Stanley Cup. Tajiri and William Regal are inside William Regal's office. Now, William Regal is having a chat with Tajiri about Scotty Too Hotty and the worm. He's like, I know you just saw the worm for the first time last week on SmackDown, and tonight you have to face Scotty Too Hotty, so you've got to be prepared to go against the worm. Now, if you're not familiar with it, let me explain. Regal stands up, and he's like, all right, so the first thing uh, Scotty Too Hotty will do is he'll knock you down, and then he gets this demented look on his face. Regal does the arms outstretched pose and does Scotty Tuhati's insane worm face. You're going to die if you watch it. Regal starts hopping around and doing the worm hand movements. But the Dudleys walk in, catching Regal during the hand movements. And Regal pivots like, oh, uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, wonderful weather we're having today. I wasn't doing anything insane. 
The Dudleys are like, hey, why are we facing Y2J tonight in the handicap match? Regal explains it's due to the Chris rumor. If you're not familiar, back at the King of the Ring, the rumor going around the backstage area was that if one of the Chris's, Jericho or the other one, beat Austin for the WWF title, then they would defect to WCW. And so Y2J, even though the rumor hasn't been proven true, is being penalized for potentially defecting. It's all about loyalty. It's like Winston Churchill said. Just put the bugger through a table. All you had to do was ask, Regal. Cheerio. Tajiri comes back into the frame, and he's doing his own version of the worm dance as Regal looks on perplexed and angered. The APA questioned Hardcore Holly about maybe him being the mole. Hell, I can't be the mole. I was the one that jumped on the limo. You didn't see me? You didn't see me in them shorts? Come on. Everybody looking at my ass in them shorts, APA. I know you want me. Haven't you heard my theme song? How do you like me now? I know you want me. I know you want me. Because I'm fucking hardcore. I know you want me. You want to feel your hands on my abs. The APA is like, Bob, come down. Calm down. We don't think it's you. We just trying to get some help. Well, I'll help you. Well, you need to think about who wasn't there. Who wasn't there for the beatdown on Palumbo and O'Hare or chasing Booker T through the crowd? Vince McMahon and Tori Wilson are finally alone to talk contracts. Strangely, though, they're in the shower. All alone, except for the cameraman. Uh, Tori says she wants to be a star real bad and will do just about anything to be one. Well, Tori, uh, how badly do you want it? Tori catches on and she's like, oh, bad. I I want one bad, Vince. Vince asks again, how bad do you want it? Tori once again is like, oh, I want it bad, and starts to rub Vince's face. Suddenly, oh, hey, Vince. The camera whip pants. Stone Cold pops his head over the shower glass. Uh, I thought you guys were going to be negotiating a contract. Uh, now you're in the shower. Uh, what's going on here? Well, Steve, uh, I know you're new to this, and, and, and that's fine. That's why we're a team. Sometimes... Uh, you have to conduct business in the shower. Oh, okay, Vince. Well, Vince, now that you guys have talked about the contract negotiations, we got to talk about invasion. It's all I'm thinking about. Is it what you're thinking about? Vince looks at Tori and looks at Steve and knows he thinks better and says, uh, yes, all I'm thinking about is the invasion. That That's all I'm thinking about these days. But I will say this, Steve. These contract negotiations, they take time. Oh. Oh, okay, Vince. I know what you mean. Taking time. Uh, I'll go get us some coffee. And he leaves to go get coffee because these negotiations could go on all night. And we're going to need some caffeine. Tori, uh, we need to go somewhere a little more private. And we had to commercial. But we're back with Turn It Up! Giggity, 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 giggity. That was interesting. It's Scotty Too Hottie. In case you were wondering if it's 2001, tonight's sponsors are Stacker 2, the PlayStation 2, and the JVC Giga 2 Boombox. We hear William Regal's trumpet. Out come Tajiri and Regal. Uh, Scotty Too Hottie and Tajiri have a match. Talk turns to how the WWF stars are angry. 
that the main event is for the WCW title, and that the WCW superstars have been backstage all day. In the match, uh, Tajiri hits the tarantula to a massive pop. And say what you will, folks. Everyone on this show, the Hollies, Jackie, uh, Taker, not so much Albert, DDP uh, has Tajiri. Like, everyone who's been in that ring performing has gotten massive pops for their identifiable spots. It's what people paid and came to see. Every match has been hot, and I'll hear none to the contrary. Period. This is a hot time. Uh, Eventually, Scotty Too Hotty does the worm. He does the worm hops. Regal gets on the apron to distract the referee. As Scotty Too Hotty leans forward to do the chop, which is, of course, the final movement in the worm, Tajiri shoots the green mist! Scotty Too Hotty is confused and gets hit with a buzzsaw kick for the one, two, three. On the way out, JR's like, Where, how'd he do that? Where did that green mist come from? You know, Jim Ross, we never found out. We asked him for years at ECW, but Tajiri, Tajiri's very mysterious. Backstage, the negotiations continue. Uh... Vince says, uh, Tori, I know these surroundings are a little unconventional. Mr. McMahon, this is a mop closet. Ah, uh, no, 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 Tori, this, this, this is not a mop closet at all. It's Shangri-La. Vince moves in and starts to nuzzle on poor Tori Wilson. Luckily, the door flies open it's Kurt Angle! Hey! I thought I heard voices in here. Ah, uh, Mr. McMahon, you're in a freaking mop closet. What the heck are you doing in a mop closet? Vince uses a legendary angry face on Kurt Angle. Kurt doesn't have a clue, though. Oh, hey, Tori! Have you seen my gold medals? Pretty impressive, huh? Tori fingers the gold medals of a Kurt Angle. Yeah, I guess you could say we're both into gold. She's done fingering the medals and leaves. Vince McMahon follows suit and on the way out gives Kurt Angle the evilest of evil eyes and leaves. Kurt spikes the camera. I think she likes me. Ewan McGregor pops in and says, Well, Master, you're right about one thing. The negotiations were short. Backstage, Booker T has the WCW title draped over his shoulder, and he's standing in front of a Pepsi machine whilst holding a wrinkled dollar bill and pondering the choices at hand. I thought for sure, folks, they were going to bury Booker T by having him struggle to get the machine to take this dollar, and while that would have been hilarious, it's not what happens. Legendary Canadian sports entertainer Test walks by. Booker catches wind and introduces himself. The two sports entertainers are cordial with one another and polite, even though they represent rival factions. Yo, Shane's told me a lot about you. You think you'd ever come to WCW? Ooh, that depends. Depends on what? Who will, Booker? You never know. Someday it could be me calling you for the title instead of Buff. But it depends on the competition and, more importantly, the money. But good luck tonight, man. Booker T smiles and heads over to the soda machine, giving it the dollar it desperately desires. What drink does he choose? 
We'll never know because it's time for our handicap match. It's the Dudley Boys and their pyrotechnics introducing us to this portion of the show, which is officially the War Zone because the copyright for Raw hits, just in case you wondered. Jericho comes out. Uh, Everybody involved gets a good response here. They're definitely stars. It starts out as a pure handicapped situation because no tags are required. The Dudley Boys do the what is up because I refuse to do that thing they do. After they do it, though, it's really weird. Earl Hebner gets in Bubba Dudley's face and audibly says, Knock that shit off! Because, you know, he's got that southern accent. Uh, This distracts Bubba and leads to a near fall. It's really weird. And now, suddenly, the Dudley boys have to make tags. Again, really strange. Because they double-teamed for, like, two minutes solid in the opener of this match. And that's a hell of a lot longer than five seconds. Like, 115 seconds longer than they're allowed to unless my math is off. But Chris Jericho is pugnacious. But the numbers game is just too much. Nice moment on commentary as Paul Heyman puts over that the Invasion pay-per-view takes place at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. You might remember Cleveland, Ohio from that film, The Avengers, where they fought in New York and it was really Cleveland. But more importantly to this podcast and to Heyman's words... He reminds us that the Gund Arena is the very same arena that Vince McMahon was in during the simulcast. When Shane McMahon was like, the name on the contract says McMahon. It says Shane McMahon. And I appreciate that because I've always known that. I've always remembered that little tidbit of information. Not because I'm smart. Actually, I think that makes me sound like a big loser. So it kind of makes me vulnerable admitting that live for everybody. So, you know, Venmo me or PayPal me so I can get some therapy. Uh, But I'm glad they mentioned it. Sometimes gets lost, I feel like. Uh, Paul also audibly coughs during this match. And it's a damn good thing that Vince McMahon is so distracted with Tori Wilson. Or else I'm sure Mr. Hammond would have been fired via headset immediately. Y2J gets a hope spot when he hits a springboard dropkick to Bubba and knocks him out of the ring. And he locks in the walls of Jericho on Devon. Devon is about to tap, but Bubba pulls out the ref. Bubba gets a table, but little Spike. Dudley is here! And he hits the acid drop on Bubba on top of Devon. Ouch! Looks like it really fucking hurt. Jericho hits a lion salt. One, two, three. Jericho wins, and the fans approve loudly. Now Vince McMahon and Tori Wilson, folks, they're in the bathroom. Tori is absolutely freezing in here. More so than she has been all night. She wants the contract bad, Mr. McMahon. Oh my god, they kiss Vince with his mouth wide open. Jesus Christ. There should be a fucking rule about this. Now look, hear me out. All Vince McMahon jokes aside, let's pretend Vince McMahon's like the hottest and nicest dude on earth. Let's pretend he's George Clooney, okay? Regardless of if it's Vince or George Clooney kissing Tori Wilson, they're like it's this, I know this is TV, but it's strangely different. And hear me out. She's not scripted to kiss another actor on the show. Okay? Vince is another actor on the show, but he's also the owner of the company and, for all intents and purposes, the showrunner. And, like, the showrunner on Cheers or The Flash or fucking The Last of Us, okay, doesn't write themselves into a role where they get to make out with, like, Kirstie Alley or any other of the lead actresses from those shows that I mentioned, 
okay? So this is a real fucking awkward position for Tori Wilson. And Tori, I, I fucking feel for you, okay? I do. Should not have been put into this position. It's fucked up. Tori, after the kiss, pulls away, creating separation between the two. Um, Mr. McMahon, what's that cologne you're wearing? Oh, well, why is that, Tori? Uh, is it a little strong? Yes. A toilet flushes! The stall opens, and out comes Perry, Saturn, and Moppy. Saturn looks over his new bathroom friends and says, Duty! I swear to God he does! Some time passes, and Vince says, Um, Tori, let's go. Tori and Vince leave. Saturn spikes the camera. You're welcome! And we head to a commercial. (laughs) Oh boy. We're back. And we have footage of Chris and Nancy Benoit meeting with a neck surgeon. Chris Benoit does say, I ruptured a disc which fragmented into my spinal column, which is on all those Don't Try This at Home videos on the DVDs I used to own. Uh, But I'm not talking about this segment anymore. You think you know me. You think you know me. It's Christian and Edge with the King of the Ring Cup for the light heavyweight championship match. X-Pac is defending with Just Incredible at his side and their shitty theme music that isn't Uncle Cracker. Right away, there's an X-Pac sucks chant, so that's a thing. Uh, In a big shocker, Edge distracts the referee unintentionally, which allows Just Incredible to get X-Pac the light heavyweight title, and he uses it to strike Christian for the one, two, three. Backstage, Batman and Robin, the APA, think they figured it out. Oh, what? Now, I figured it out. He wasn't with us other times that, you know, we chased a booker to the limo or beat up them tag guys. I think it's Test. Hey, referee Chad Patton, where's Test? Test is probably getting ready for his match with Rhino. But the last time I seen him, yes, referee Chad Patton says seen, he was talking to Booker T. What? Yells Bradshaw. And then he says, it's time for an emergency mole meeting. Which is crazy, because when he said that, it took me back to my youth. Because uh, when I was a kid, the greens keeper at the country club I used to play golf at was always inviting me to what he called an emergency mole meeting. And it's just weird that they actually use that on TV. Hey, are you like me and wondering what's going on at WWF New York? Well, I'll tell you, Taz is sitting there. He's sitting all alone. A waitress says, Taz, how you doing? Fine, he says. A fan asks for an autograph. And then we cut to footage of what's making Taz so angry. But they should have added some wavy lines in the transition to the footage. Because it's like, hey, I wonder what Taz is thinking. Taz is thinking. Um, What Taz is thinking about is on SmackDown, Taz tried to get an apology from Stone Cold Steve Austin for beating up Michael Cole. I don't remember this. Uh, But what Austin did was murder Taz with a steel chair, shades of WrestleMania 17, and that's why Taz is pissed. Back in the arena, here comes the Beast Man! I mean, the Man Beast! Rhino! A sign in the crowd says, I came to see Rhino! Two things. Unbelievable someone made this sign. But the second thing, if you want to see Rhino, 
you better read a comic book because your sign says you're here to see R-H-I-N-O. Come on now, what's smarter than this? Rhino, of course, spelled with a Y. Now, on Raw, Rhino, last week that is, Rhino won the hardcore title live in Madison Square Garden, only to seconds lose later lose it to an invading WCW superstar, Michael Awesome. Dist. This is a dist. 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 This is a dist. Bring it on, bring it, bring it, bring it on, pea soup. Yep, the song says bring it on, pea soup. You're not going to tell me it doesn't. I won't believe you. Uh, Test, of course, is the man who should have been WWF champion for one month back in 1999. You see, folks, Test should have been the third man in the triple threat at the Survivor Series, won the WWF title, and then lost it back to Triple H at Armageddon when his bride, Stephanie, turned on him and revealed that her wedding to Triple H was not a cunning ruse by a Triple H. It was a cunning ruse by a Triple H and a Stephanie McMahon. But, you know, I don't work for the WWF, so that never happened. Uh, JR lets us know the winner of this match will face Mike Awesome at Invasion for the hardcore title. Well, they actually won't, but that's fine. Right away, the WWF Kill Squad is out. Folks, this is a hell of a squad. I didn't catch all of them, but this Kill Squad includes Hardcore Holly, uh, still topless but now wearing full jeans, the APA, of course, Taka, Shofunaki, K-Quick, S.A. Rios, Jerry fucking Lynn, bone raised in the U.S.A., bone and raised in the U.S.A., which means we've got half of like the first NWA, TNA, X Division, and Heavyweight Champions in here. But finally, and most importantly, with his giant hair, Haku! In the match, Test hits the immunity boot, even though he doesn't yet have immunity. The referee is distracted. Bradshaw hits the clothesline from hell. Renu hits the gore, gore, gore to a big pop. And Renu wins the match and I guess goes to Invasion to face Mike Awesome, even though we all know he won't. Uh, the Brute Squad. Hey, where's the Brute Squad? I own the Brute Squad. Uh, kills Test. The APA hits him with an APA bomb. And coming up next, an intergender battle between Matt Hardy and Lita, who will team up against the Big Show and Trish Stratus. We're back. And out comes... Team Extreme, all three of them. Uh, Matt Hardy is the current European champion, if you care. And if you care, Invasion is presented by PlayStation. Well, well, it's the big show. The big show is fucking huge. Trish Stratus is on fire. Uh, Jim Ross calls them Beauty and the Beast. Come on, JR. That's like Johnny C level obvious. Think of something better. Last week, Trish kissed Matt Hardy to distract him. And Lita ripped her shirt off, which leads to this match. Big Show and Matt start. A big military press by the Big Show. Trish is brought in. Matt, however, takes her down to the mat and tags in Lita. The crowd is super hot when Trish and Lita wrestle. And I think they're super hot because of the moves they're doing, by God. Not the innuendo. And that's nice. The Big Show runs in to save Trish Stratus from a Lita-seated senton. 
But with a little help from Matt Hardy and a drop kick, she gets Show down with a Luthes press from the top rope, and the show the big show rolls out of the ring. He then trips Lita, however, clotheslines Matt Hardy, and nails Jeff Hardy midair as Jeff leaps off the security railing. Uh, Trish hits a running Stratisfaction Bulldog, but only gets a two count. The Big Show comes in, threatens to choke slam Lita. Matt runs in for the save. Now he's going to choke slam both of them, but a double low blow and a double DDT are delivered. Lita and Trish are all alone. Lita hits a real shitty twist of fate because Trish jumps forward during the twist portion of the twist of fate. Goes up, hits a Lita assault. One, two, three. The Big Show yells at Trish Stratus afterwards, but Jeff Hardy protects her from physical harm. Backstage, Tori and Vince emerge from behind, hose, clo- from behind closed doors. They both look satisfied, but they haven't quite sealed the deal. Vince says he would love to further consummate the deal, but with all the interruptions they've had tonight, maybe we should meet up after all. But Tori has an idea. She saw a place in the arena that they haven't tried yet. Vince's response? Oh yeah, Tori! Tori leads the way. At a different location backstage, Shane McMahon's walking down the hallway and he bumps into Buff Bagwell with his fucking top hat on. They shake hands. Good luck to you tonight. What? Good luck to you tonight. Out line, look, big man. Out on skill. That's why I'm buff and on the stuff. And why tonight, you, my friend, will have a new WCW champion. Wow, Buff Bagwell looks like an absolute fucking buffoon. In the APA's office, the Brute Squad is having a celebratory toast and a drink and a game of poker. It was the craziest game of poker that I ever show. Can you imagine if I broke into a freestyle craziest game of poker? It'd be like an 85-day-long podcast, as long as that song is. Sergeant Slaughter interrupts the proceedings, though. Great moment as Sarge walks in. Bradshaw says, I told you we needed a wider door. Even greater moment. Taka Mishinoku salutes Sergeant Slaughter. Sarge looks over at him and says, At ease, Taka. Hey, about that mole you were looking for. It can't be Test. Last week I was with Test when you guys were doing all that stuff. We were talking about the alley fight I had with Patterson in 81. Well, I'll be damned, says Bradshaw. Now we're back at the announce table when J.R. and Paul Heyman they're about to turn over the broadcast to WCW. JR's all like, well, fans, I've been doing this for a long time, and I never thought I'd say this, but, uh, you know, we're about to begin the WCW portion of Monday Night Raw. Heyman's like, whatever happens next, don't blame Jim Ross, don't blame me, don't blame Vince McMahon or anybody else. This is all WCW's fault. It's like Paul Heyman can see the future. They take off the headsets... The WWF logo in the lower left-hand corner turns into the new red uh, block letter thingies that WCW had when the WWF owned them. And folks, now comes our main event. It's the main event of the broadcast. We're going to get a little bit more into the detail and into the weeds, and I'm going to critique the presentation. Let's get into WCW Raw, which from the get-go is a problem. Why is this not WCW Nitro? Eh, Let me explain what I mean by that. So as I mentioned, there's WCW paraphernalia 
everywhere, all over the Tacoma Dome and, and on our television. The icon in the lower corner has changed. The ring apron skirts have all changed to the WCW logo, the one they used in WWF. The video wall displays the logo. There are spotlights adorning the ramp that say WCW multiple times. There's even a WCW graphics package. Uh, these WCW competitors will get keyed up with their names, will have the WCW logos and what have you. But nothing says Nitro. Nothing really goes to say that they've taken over the sh- It's weird. Like, they have taken over the show, but they really haven't. They just haven't taken it far enough, in my opinion. I think literally saying this is now WCW Nitro would go a much longer way and i'm pretty sure they own the rights to the nitro name is this some sort of an look and i'm really out of left field here is this some sort of an issue with tnn like the tv channel did they like oh we only bought wwf programming wcw programming is not worth this much i doubt it they have carte blanche to do whatever they want just do it hell make the last half hour nitro do something to make it i don't know to make it a little bit more this is uh It's crazy. I was going to say this is a decent step one, but there will not be a step two because step one fails. So this is it. Hindsight being 2020, this is your only chance. So I feel like they should have gone harder. But then on the other side, it's like, well, Johnny, if they went harder, that's just more money they threw away. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, Some pyro ignites, again, indicating we're in our... This is our two of Nitro, Tony. Like, it just... I don't know. They're trying to make it feel like a new show is starting. Uh, Shane's out first. That's a problem. He introduces the announce team and the special guest ring announcer. Well, the special guest ring announcer is Stacy Keebler. Okay. Our announce team, however, is not okay. I guess, as Dave Matthews would say, they got the best of what's around. Oh, no. Who are these guys? Well, that guy's pretty cool, but the other guy's the best of what's around. The guy that's pretty cool, I guess, is Arn Anderson, but not as a commentator. And the guy who's the best of what's around is Scott Hudson, wearing a black suit, but under his blazer is the new WWF version of WCW logo t-shirt, Tony. Yeah, look, I'm Team WCW, guys, in case you didn't know. Unfortunately, in this match, Scott Hudson is very un like on commentary. I mean, he still is not good, don't get me wrong, but, well, we'll lead into I'll, We'll get there. He doesn't say his patented shit, which really pissed me off. Uh, referee Nick Patrick is in the ring as well. Uh, he's In fact, he's the first person that's introduced by Stacey Keebler. She's like, your referee will be Nick Patrick. He gets booed, and he sells it, which is kind of fun, and he's wearing a different WCW referee t-shirt, so, you know, bonus points for that, I suppose. Then out pops William Regal. Negative to this is this is a WWF guy and he shouldn't be here. Positive to this, we hear He says that while it is clear that WCW gets to have this match tonight, that edict came down from Linda McMahon, there's nothing saying that Shane McMahon has to be here when it happens. So he has security come down, and they're ready to yank him out of the building. But Shane agrees to leave. That's okay, because WCW won't be about me. I won't be like my pups. The show is going to be all about the superstars. Unfortunately, Hudson and AA have their headsets on, so they start talking. He's doing it the right way, with class. He's got a lot of class. I don't know how to do an Arn Anderson impression, really. 
But he says, he's got a lot of class like his mom for making this thing happen. Even if you're a casual fan, you know this is bigger than D-Day and the moon landing. Really? I mean, I'm all about hyperbole, especially in professional wrestling. The moon landing, I was going to say, is a television event, but it was also a major cultural and human milestone. Uh, D-Day, um, well, WCW's going to die, so I guess that's apropos. You know what? Fine, I'm going to allow it, Double A. But history is going to be made next, so stay with us. They go to a commercial, God help us. We're back! And the first thing we see as we're back is the WCW Championship logo, like this match is the WCW title. This is a perfect moment to throw in some sort of WCW opening credits, but they don't do it. Why don't they? Huge missed opportunity. Out first, though, is the dual champion, the current WCW and U.S. champion, with his regular Booker Team theme music. It's not his WCW version because they don't have the don't hate the player, hate the game, game, game. I guess that hate the game hits differently here in the WWF. Uh, He doesn't have the U.S. title with him. That's too bad. Anderson immediately throws shade at Booker's upbringing. When you're born on the wrong side of the tracks and raised like he was, this is the pinnacle of a career. Well, that's a mean thing to say about Booker's mama, like she raised him wrong, or whomever raised him, I don't know. Hudson uh, tries to save face and run down, runs down Booker T's WCW-based accomplishments, like all of his gold that he's won and what have you. Uh, but even he didn't think he'd be headlining Raw, he says at the end. So what these words do, firmly established from our WCW commentator, is that Raw is... The best thing you could accomplish as a sports entertainer, I guess, like being on Raw, it clearly puts any WCW show below Raw in terms of the WCW employees' mindset and now the fans' mindset. Or, flip side, did he maybe think that uh, Booker never thought he'd be here because he's never worked here before? I don't know, but I'm assuming uh, it still makes WCW sound bad. Out next, Buff. Daddy, no, no. He does get his pyro. He does have his fucking top hat. He does his little dance. It makes the women here at Tacoma boo. It makes the men do the same. Hudson promotes the invasion pay-per-view and the inaugural brawl. Arn says that that match is the wish list. Everyone's always talking about WWF versus WCW. Well, here it comes. He then claims that Buff is one of the best but then correctly adds, just ask him, he'll tell you. Buff punches Booker T before the bell can even ring. Nick Patrick has the 40,000 pounds of gold in his hands. He sets it down, calls for the bell to be rung, and we're underway with some history here on Monday Night Raltro. That wasn't very funny. I don't know why I said it. Uh, Buff cuts off the Harlem comeback with a rake to the eyes and an immediate double-arm DDT by the Stuffster. Patrick is down for his patented wiggle count. One wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Two wiggle, wiggle. No. It should be noted at this point, though, fans, that we're only about a minute into this thing. The two sports entertainers involved, well, three, honestly, if you want to uh, count referee Nick Patrick, have done absolutely nothing wrong. This match hasn't had the time to be bad. It hasn't had the time to be egregious. There have been no botches. Nothing of note even. However, Tacoma 
has decided they will be having none of this as they are audibly, loudly booing. It doesn't quite reach the levels of fuck you, Roman, for five minutes straight as we did at the Elimination Chamber. But, well, it's not comparable, but it's still not what you want to hear, okay? Because nothing has happened to make this happen. Booker is whipped into the corner, springs out with a Harlem sidekick, Buff puts his hands up, still takes the move, and Booker spun so hard on his pirouette there after the Harlem sidekick uh, that Booker falls on his ass after delivering the blow. We owe this to the beautiful, talented, and intelligent Linda McMahon, who made the call on SmackDown, which is a very Scott Hudson-esque statement. Buff kicks out at two from the sidekick. Buff counters with a snake eyes. Booker misses hitting the buckle with his face, but still sells the pain. Uh-oh. A swinging neckbreaker by Buff, and then a chokehold. The crowd is still booing. Buff's solution? Do the Buff dance! He does! They boo louder, so good job being the heel, I suppose. Another eye rake by Buff, and then punch! Punch! Tacoma says, Boring! Boring! A suplex by the Buffster. One! Two! No. Now a chin lock locked in by Buff Daddy. Certainly different agendas from Vince and Shane McMahon. We saw Shane bounce to the showers doing what's right for business, double A. Booker is trying to fight out of the chin lock. Tacoma responds with, Boo! Hudson corrects the statement he just made by saying, Excuse me, Mr. McMahon, I mean. So I'm pretty sure somebody was yelling in his fucking ear on that one. The chin lock continues. The camera cuts to the broadcast booth for some reason, as if getting a good view of Arn Anderson and Scott Hudson could make things better. A big This Match Sucks chant from Tacoma. Hudson then claims that Mr. McMahon has used his influence to keep WCW off of TV, network television, or any cable broadcast. No, Scott, I think what you mean is that he failed to use his influence to get us on TV, any network, or any cable broadcast. At least that's what I'm thinking. Booker's now in an arm stretch thing, but he's fighting out of it, but a kitchen sink knee driver cuts him off. The crowd now, God love them, they're all standing. Standing and silent, or standing and still chanting things that these WCW employees don't want to hear. They sit back down. Booker kick uh, fights out with a drop kick. Buff is down. Booker is down. It's a KFC double down. Nick Patrick issues a 10 count. Scott Hudson says, and I quote, We're seeing the best that WCW has to offer. As he says this, mind you, what we're seeing are both men laying on the ground, and the crowd has started another loud round of boos. Fantastic timing, Scottster. Both men are up. Buff gets uh, Booker into the turnbuckle. Harlem sidekick out of nowhere. Flying forearm delivered by Booker. Anderson says, that's the high impact stuff that turns a match around. One, two, no. Axe kick delivered by Booker. Spin a Rudy! Spin a Rudy! The crowd pops huge! 
moments after the spitteroonie because Stone Cold Steve Austin runs down the aisle with Kurt Angle and they start putting the boots to Booker T. The bell rings, clearly a disqualification victory for the bookster. Buff begins to help Austin and Angle beat down on Booker T. Bagwell's putting the boots to Booker and then goes to set him up for a figure four leg lock, but drops the legs and decides not to do it because Austin pulls Booker to the outside to make him kiss the steps. Seriously, Buff looks like a complete fucking moron going for that figure four. It's quite humorous. Buff looks like a kid that thinks he's playing with other kids before he realizes that he actually isn't. Art Anderson says, with what I have to believe was a straight face, oh no, please don't, no, no, has... Please tell me Buff hasn't jumped ship. Oh, no! It can't be! It can't be! Stoke Steve Austin! Damn it! That rattlesnake has stolen the thunder from Booker T! Once again! Booker T is dragged to the backstage area. We then cut to Vince McMahon and Tori Wilson in a laundry room. So the evil, villainous Mr. McMahon wasn't even concerned with his show being taken over. That's a great fucking look. You know, Tori, I believe fully now that one day you will be a huge WWF superstar. Vince McMahon pockets his wedding ring in clear view of Tori, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to take this off real quick, not a big deal. He removes his sports coat. Tori untucks Vince McMahon's dress shirt. Oh, Tori, yeah, you're aggressive. I like that. I like aggressive women. I like aggressive WWF superstars. <laughs> he says, I like aggressive WWF superstars? Is this the type of shit that Vince says when he's getting a beach? Oh yeah, suck it. Just like Savio, Savio Vega sucked at WrestleMania 12 and he was defeated by so-called Steve Austin. Oh yeah, Tori, get down, get funky like Savio, Savio Vega. No! No, Tori! Don't withdraw your mouth from my cock! Don't tell me Santa Claus has turned his back on Christmas by signing with Tad DiBiase! Tori, I'm gonna jizz! Open your mouth! It was really uncalled for, Johnny C. Really uncalled for. You're gonna climb that ladder to the top of Mr. Mac Daddy! That's something he actually says. Tori says, mm-hmm, a big Mr. Mac Daddy. Poor Tori Wilson! Not the actress, not the sports entertainer, the person for having to go along with this sketch. Vince's pecs are fully on display. He makes him dance, shades of Alex Luger. Tori unbuckles his pants, and Vince starts to make insane mouth noises. Tori walks behind him, yanks down his pants. Now she yanks down his tidy black bloomers. His mouth is agape. Close your eyes. Close my eyes. Yeah. You want me to play games? Yeah. I like games with you, Tori. Yeah. Tori is down on her knees. She says, turn around. Keep your eyes closed. Oh, yeah. A surprise. You've got a big surprise from Mr. McDaddy. Vince turns around. Oh, yeah, Tori. Tori. Tori? 
the camera, I should add, is shooting him wisely from the waist up. Because I think Vince is hanging here. I think I saw the head of the class, if you will, briefly. Oh, so briefly. Vince opens his eyes. Tori Wilson is gone. But there is a vivacious female standing mouth agape. It is Linda McMahon. Tacoma gives Linda a big pop. Unfortunately, Linda McMahon is trying hard not to laugh, thus ruining the illusion that she is a woman scorned. The camera pulls out. Vince McMahon is now wearing his dress shirt, his button-down untucked, like it's a towel covering all the areas that need to be covered. He says, I'm a changed man. This is not what it looks like. (laughs) Okay, just, I'll say this. All the shit about Vince in real life, all that nonsense aside, all the Tory shouldn't have had to do this aside, it's just Vince McMahon and his wife. I'm sure she's seen his dick before, so I'm going to excuse this as a performance. Vince's delivery of, uh, I'm a change man, this is not what it looks like, being the first thing he says is funny. He then waddles like a penguin over to grab a tiny lid to cover his junk. Why are you here? You... Wait, you don't trust me, do you? Vince kicks a trash can in anger, but due to his pants being pulled down around his ankles, he trips and falls backward into a pile of cardboard boxes. Linda leaves in disgust. Vince trying to pick himself up. Linda! Linda! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! And he falls back further. Somewhere else backstage, Austin, Angle, and Buff Bagwell are putting the boots to Booker T. They throw him around and eventually into a door, and he flies to the outside. Into the streets of Tacoma, Washington, says Scott Hudson. Buff celebrates, says, hey guys, we took out the trash. He does a mistake. He makes a mistake here and touches Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin attacks Buff to a big pop. Hudson and Anderson are like, well, that's what Buff gets. Buff gets tossed to the outside with a Booker T. Scott Hudson makes his final words on WWF television. With this unpredictability, what's going to happen Thursday on Thunder? Well, SmackDown! Okay, he just says, this Thursday on SmackDown! But, you know, in my head, because I did WCW Must Die for so long, I heard, Thursday on Thunder! And we hit the copyright and end our scene. Ay, 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 ay. Look. This WCW shit. I'm. In my opinion, it's the right call to do this. I'm going to say that. Because I'm, I'm. And everything I'm saying is without the benefit of hindsight, okay? Doing something like this is important. Trying it, seeing if it can work. Absolutely. Buff is the wrong choice. Hudson and Anderson are absolutely the wrong choices. And you should have gone the full Monty and just done an episode of Nitro. Give them the last hour. Do a tag match. Do a U.S. Uh, say Booker is vacating the U.S. title and do like a match. Do a U.S. tournament. Two matches in a final. Do the world title match. Do it. Do it all. Do DDP and Booker. Okay? I don't care. Do something different, but go the full Monty. Give them their own presentation, their look and feel, and just do it. 
Side effect being the live audience might rebel as they did here in real life. I don't know what caused them to rebel. Because I... Like, I was a lifelong WWF fan. I was all for the invasion. I wanted to see WCW get their own programming. I wanted them to be treated differently. That way, when they fought interpromotionally, it would feel interpromotional. These are the right steps. This is the wrong methodology, but these are the right steps. What what could have worked? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you do this in Atlanta... You do this in Pensacola, Florida. You do this in North Carolina. I don't know. Is it different? I I don't think Tacoma, Washington, as a wrestling venue, has a lot of power. You know? And what does that even mean? Well, like, Toronto's got a lot of power. Montreal's got a lot of power. Um, Chicago has a lot of power. All right? But, God help me, Tacoma, Washington, one of the most powerful, important crowds in professional wrestling history, in my opinion, based solely on how they tanked this broadcast, the final segment, WCW dies, not because of a Kevin Nash, hey, not because of a Scott Hall, hey yo, not because of an Eric Bischoff, not because of a Hollywood Hulk Hogan, brother, not because of a Vince Russo, that crowd don't mean shit, but because of Tacoma, Washington. Well, Tacoma, give yourselves a hand. You are an important part of professional wrestling history. History being made here on Ringman. That's going to wrap up the discussion. I've wanted to talk about this show for a while. I'm glad we got to do it. Speaking of things that I'm glad to do, you should be glad to do the following. Subscribe to the new TNN podcast feed so you get notified when new content drops. Throw us a like. Share it with your friends. Let them know you're into pro wrestling. You want to have a couple of giggles. You like bad movies. You want to have some giggles. Hit up the new TNN podcast feed. Let them know how they can find it. And in all honesty, thanks for this one. This was a good one. This was a fun one. I'm Johnny C, and a winner is you.